Hey, so, Ben, you know how I have uh, had the flu this year, right? Mm-hmm, twice. Twice. <laughs> Dang it, I was just going to say it was snot a laughing matter, but then I laughed. <laughs> yeah, you thought it was something good, but it's snot. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to another phantasmal episode of Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. I am Ben. I am Heather. And I am almost positive that phantasmal is not actually a word. I'm pretty sure that we're going to make it a word of common usage. You know, eventually you'll be able to use phantasmal in Scrabble or any, <laughs> or any other word game and get away with it. All right, let's let's make it a thing. Okay, phantasmal. Okay. You heard it here first. Well, I probably didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope you did, or else I fear for America. So, so Ben. Yeah. You know, a, a couple months back, we did those car myths. Yes, we did. And I, I really like throwing those at you. I love car myths because I, I get to hear things that typically I don't really hear about anymore. That like, sometimes it's kind of like, wow. I didn't know people thought that. But yeah, no, it's but good they do. stuff. It's super underground, some of this stuff. But I wanted to kind of give it a wintry twist because we just got completely pounded with snow. Yeah, for like the last couple of days. Let's it's, see, it's uh, February ish. Eighth. <laughs> <laughs> Dates are hard. <laughs> Dates are hard. Uh, yeah, and we just got a whole crap ton of snow dumped on us. So, yeah, let's do some winter car miss. This sounds yeah. like fun. Got some winter ones for you. Here's my, here's the first one. And this is a thing. This is definitely a thing. And you've probably heard about this one before. So a lot of us like to go out there and in upstate New York, along with other places, I'm sure. But we go out and we, we warm up our car. Yes. To get the engine warmed up because it will, is it because it will drive better? <laughs> or is it just because it's a lot nicer to get in the warm car? That's exactly why we do it. We do it because, and, and this is why remote car starts were devised. We do this because we're too cold. We are and cold. We want to go right from our warm house to our warm car to get to our warm work to get back into our warm car and come to our warm home. That's that's, that's the, a, the saddest life. <laughs> that's the, the journey day right there. <laughs> you ever just described. Right. We do like to be warm because yes. it's cold. This is the infamous to idle or not to idle um, f- as far as the, the health of the engine is concerned or the health of the car. Does it matter? This used to be the case when our cars had chokes. Chokes. Yeah. Chokes. Yes. This is a um, y- your lawnmower has a choke. My lawnmower does not have a choke. <laughs> So we still use chokes a little bit, but mostly on lawn and garden equipment, things like that. But um, cars used to have chokes too. And that's why we let the car idle and get warm before we started driving it because the car would run poorly. Wait, this- so the choke likes to be warm? What's a choke? I need more information. Okay, so the choke was a device used on carbureted engines to enrich the fuel mixture so that the car could run better during 
colder temperatures, usually on startup, regardless if it was winter or summer, the choke had to be engaged because the engine was cold. So you had to warm up the car when it's warmer out, not that big of a deal, but when it's icy cold, you got to let it run for a little bit. Right. And then we just got used to the heater blowing warm air on us. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that's always lovely. It is. So, so we've got these remote starts, which I am sad because I do not have one. And everybody else at my work does their little beep, beep, and starts their car. And then they're all rosy, mosty, toasty, and I'm <laughs> dying, but it's fine. So here's a question. Maybe you know this. You got your car just like idling started. And a lot of these cars are push button now. Yep. So is there like a, is it, I heard it was illegal in New York State to have a car idling if there's no human in it. And a baby doesn't count. Don't do that, guys. Yeah, just don't do that. Um, so leaving your car idling. So if you're, if you're in your house, it is not illegal to use your remote start to start your car. However, if you go and start your car and drive it somewhere, say to the store or whatever, and you get out of said store and you leave the car running, right? this is most certainly illegal. Oh, okay. Plus, I know another thing. Do tell. If somebody steals your car because you've left it running, there's a lot of insurance companies that are like, too bad, so sad. Yeah, and, and I'm not surprised about that either, given that it's breaking the law. Just right. like if you uh, were to break a law and get into a car accident, there's a chance that the insurance company is probably not going to cover any of those damages if you were, in fact, breaking the law, and they can prove that. So kind of just, you know, keep an eye. Yeah. Keep an eye on that thing. Don't let but most somebody re- steal it. Most remote starts are designed so that if, say, you start, you use your remote start, start your car, you're still in your house, and your neighbor who has, had, has always had his eye on your Chevette <laughs> comes over. Your Chevette has a remote start. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And comes over and gets inside your Chevette. Uh, and as, as soon as your neighbor puts it in drive or whatever, the, the car is not going to go anywhere. Oh, they're designed really? that way. No, it is not. Oh. Do you have to be like a certain amount of like feet away? Like well, it's, if it's you're more over a hundred feet. That's like, no, no. It's more of a matter of the way the, uh, the setup is designed. As soon as you put it into drive, if the key is not turned, what if it's a push start? Well, push starts are a little bit different. I have heard about stories where, um, so mom and dad are together and mom and dad share a key, right? Mom and dad have a key to both cars. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mom is driving the car and say key is in her purse. Dad's going to wait in the parking lot and, but dad didn't bring his keys. But he's gonna. He's he decides to drive. They get to the parking lot. Mom starts walking away. Dad realizes he doesn't have his keys with him, and the car starts beeping and beeping. And, oh, and, that's annoying. But the car's still running. And I've heard cases where they've actually driven these cars miles and miles on end without a key. Once the person who had the key initially started the vehicle, so oh. that is something to be aware of. Just crank the Def Leppard or whatever to eradicate the beeping. And the Scorpions, Scorpions. Motley Crue. Anywho, let's move forward. (laughs) Okay. So the other day, I was super excited. I came out of work, 
and my car had about a half an inch of ice just all over it. Just the whole, like literally thick half an inch solid ice. Sounds like something I'd get excited about. What, what is, I mean, you start your car, warm it up. That's a good safe way. That's going to take forever. It's fine. What if I just like got a big, you know, big, big gulp cup full of hot water and just (laughs) dumped that right over my windshield? (laughs) So I've actually done this when I was about 16 and I didn't do it after that. (laughs) (laughs) You learned, huh? Yeah. It just basically freezes instantaneously and puts more ice on your windshield. That's about all it does. It looks really cool if you do it though. Well, does it damage the glass? It can. Uh-oh. It's called thermal shock. Oops. Your your windshield is at the probably the same temperature of the uh, ambient air, so it's really cold. You take a nice steaming hot glass of big gulp water and dump it all over that thing. That's a thermal shock. That's throwing something really hot at something that's really cold, and that can crack the glass. Ooh. Yeah, not a good idea. So have patience is what you're saying. That's all right. All right, that's fine. Okay, here's another one. All right. We're going to drive in the snow. I don't have my fancy snow tires with studs or anything. I just got my regular your magic, tires. Your magic shoes, Those, as you like to call the them. The snow <laughs> tires are my magic shoes. No, let's just say I have regular. Okay, regular all-season tires. Oh, sure, all-season, sure. Uh, that's what I've got. If I deflate them, get them a little bit lower volume, will that give me better traction in the snow? Okay, so... The premise behind this one is deflating your tires actually increases the surface area of that tire contacting the road. So like the tread. Right. Okay. So in theory, yes, it would give you better traction. However, it's a terrible idea. Don't do this because your tires are going to wear out faster. They're not, your car is not going to handle as well. There's a reason that we have a, a recommended pressure in your tires. But if, if say you're stuck somewhere and deflating your tires a little bit gets you out of that mess, then yeah, okay. But just make sure you put air back in those tires right. when you're not stuck anymore. You're going to forget, though. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well. I know, I know you, Karen. You're going to forget. Oh, Karen. She's so forgetful. But we still love you, Karen. Who is she Karen? probably lives in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. I want to go back to kind of windshield stuff, windshield wipers specifically, because this, we got, we got salt on our roads out here, which I'm not going to complain about because it's helpful. It gets the snow off the roads? Yeah. I, and that's what I care about. I know I'm going to hear from all kinds of people and I'm sorry, but anyways, let's move forward. Yeah. Don't it break, gets, don't break the Twitter, honey. It gets on the windshield and you get your windshield wipers, and, and after a little while, those wipers start to smear. Now, I do know you're supposed to replace them at least once a year, just for good sake. So, like, at the end of the winter season is probably our best time because this is the time we abuse them the most, yeah, right? Yeah, at, at least once a year, yeah. So, but let's say I want to try to extend the life of my windshield wipers. I've heard I can rub, like, alcohol, rubbing alcohol yes. or vinegar on them. How does that extend their life? So the vinegar, uh, the vinegar is an uh, interesting thing. I'll, co- I'll come back to that. So put that one on pause. Pause. But rubber tends to dry rot. Oh, okay. And your windshield wipers are, of course, made of rubber, at least the part that contacts the glass. So there are certain chemicals that 
treat said rubber. As a matter of fact, some windshield wipers, when you buy them, actually come with an alcoholic swab pad that you can... Probably cost you five bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how. <laughs> <laughs> Those fancy schmancy windshield wipers and their little alcohol pads. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they came with these alcohol pads that you could treat that rubber once. So you're treating it, not necessarily cleaning it, because I thought it was to clean them later. Well, I would assume that a brand new windshield wiper didn't need to be cleaned, so... Well, right. So why are you doing that then? Why don't you wait till it's dirty? Well, you're treating the rubber. So we're treating it. Okay. Yes. And they have other chemicals that you can buy aftermarket that are also uh, used to treat rubber. They, a lot of people like to use them, and we use this in the automotive field, to treat um, seals, like door seals, trunk seals, so that rubber doesn't dry rot and potentially develop leaks. Okay. All right. Now let's come back to this vinegar one. Yeah, let's this go one, back to the vinegar. This I, one's I'm interesting. I'm interested in this. This is a uh, controversial thing because I actually found many different things on the intro web uh, that were on two sides of the argument. So what you can do to prevent ice buildup on your windshield is actually spray it with a mixture of water and vinegar the night before. This is not something that's going to melt ice. It's not what it's for. You know what? I just flashed back to like seven years ago when I went to the dollar store and bought some spray bottles and I put half vinegar, half water in them and put them in our car for us to do that. And we never did it. And then I threw them away about three years later. So that's what you're supposed to do. Treat it the night before or yeah, whatever. It has to be done before the ice buildup. And it can prevent ice buildup from forming. Or at least an a, 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 a incredible amount of ice buildup. Okay, but does the vinegar do anything to the glass? Ah, that's where the controversy is. Because dun, dun, dun. the glass industry has said for years, at least people in the glass industry, not all of them, because I'm getting mixed accounts of this, have said that it can create pockmarks in your windshield over long-term use. But isn't vinegar in glass cleaner? Well, not only that, but it's stored in glass bottles too, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so I, I think that if it was harmful to glass over long periods of time, we'd store it in something else. Hmm. Um, but there's also other people in the glass industry that have said this is total hibbity jibbity and He's making up words, folks. Word, like, word, yeah. <laughs> word in common all usage. Hibbity jibbity. Yeah. So I'm leaning more towards the idea that this is something that you can definitely do and it's not going to damage your windshield. And if it does, please accept our apology. And consult the glass industry because they're gonna want to know about it. They're gonna want to know. All right, next. Next. You're going to love this one. Oh, good. So let's pretend I'm driving down the highway. Maybe not going so fast because it's super snowy out, right? Maybe 30, 25, you okay. because it's snowing pretty good. And I get into a skid. Okay. Now, we talked last time that you're supposed to sort of turn into the skid. I'm trying all my tricks. Yeah. Nothing's happening. So... I'm going to reach down for my parking brake and yank that sucker up. And that's going to help, right? No, no, you're, you're definitely not going to do that. Why not? <laughs> okay, so a lot of cars, the majority of cars, have anti-lock brakes. And the right. Re- the reason they've developed anti-lock brakes over the years is for our own safety. Pulling To save the humans. <laughs> pulling up on the handbrake effectively eliminates... The ABS, 
because you're taking the computer's ability away to use the brakes in order to stop safely. So pulling your handbrake is a no-no. I know that people do it in the movies, though. It looks cool. It does look cool in the movies. It's probably, though. But there's a lot of things. accurate portrayal. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things that look cool in movies that are not generally ideas that we should be using uh, (laughs) in in everyday practice. Okay, that's that's a fair point. All right, I got a last one for you. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Now, we have a lot of sandbags around here because we're by the lake, which is overflowing its borders, its banks, whatever. Right. Heard that putting sandbags in your trunk can definitely help increase your traction in snow. Uh, Okay, so this is a two-parter. Oh. This is a yes and no, but it depends on your car. Okay. Because if you have a front-wheel drive car, this is going to do nothing for you. Right, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) However, if you say you have a two-wheel drive pickup and it's rear-wheel drive, then yeah, loading more weight on that axle is going to help. But it's it's got to be a significant amount. You can't just throw two sandbags or four sandbags back there and uh, and and hope for the best. How I mean, many do you need? If it were me and it was my truck, I would probably put, and you want to get it right over the axle itself, at least five. Five? To ten. Yeah. To twelve. I mean, I think <laughs> it, would, it, it seems to me like it would matter like how big your vehicle is. Right. Okay. So you need a lot of sandbags, folks. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty cool. We've we've both proven and disproven some myths. Did we break? Did we break some myths? We we, we can't say but. We can't no, say but. Don't say mm, that. Yeah, that's mm. a thing. So good job. The Discovery Channel would be so mad at us. Good job, Ben. I think that's about it for if, what we've got. Drive if safely. You, if, if you guys have any questions. Please feel free to hit us up on the Twitter or the Facebook. Yeah, let us know your myths that you think about. Yeah, at Shown Auto, that's S-C-H-O-E-N, Auto. And we look forward to hearing from you. Please stay warm out there. You need a scarf. Ooh, you know, If your mother didn't tell you, you need a scarf. <laughs> Moms are good for that. Mm-hmm. I think we should uh, do one last thing before, before we sign off here. Why don't we pitch what's coming up? Oh, we've got something. Guys. We've got something really special for you guys next time. I hope they can handle time. it. I hope they can. Okay. So we're gonna dive into some historical stuff and Ooh. give you some origin stories. You know, origin like, yeah, stories. Just like the, of what of or who car companies. Oh, who are we gonna start with? Next time we are gonna start with the origin of none other than the Volkswagen. So, there's some. Let that marinate. There's some stories there. There is. We've been doing a lot of research and we look forward to telling you all about it. So, until then, have a lovely week.